Welcome to Higher Tech, powered by Coda. It's a podcast about hiring entry-level technical talent for your teams. It's where we interview new developers, data scientists, cloud administrators, and the people that hire them. I'm your host, CodeUp CEO and lifelong developer, Jason Strawn. In today's episode, we're speaking with Carrington Jones, full-stack React developer at USAA. Welcome, Carrington. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, it's always good to have alumni come on. So full disclosure, you know, Carrington did come through the CodeUp program, but at some point before that, you did other things in your life. Uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. But first, tell me, what does a full stack React developer at USAA do? Definitely. So I've uh, been waiting with USAA for about six months now. And, and primarily, my team is focused on the front end. We do do some back end work. Um, it's mostly when the front end has to uh, reach in the API and uh, you know talk to the back end of the database. Um, but ultimately, what kind of my team is solely responsible for is the join USAA part. So anytime you're trying to join USAA, once you click and it says, you know, have you served in the military? Has any uh, family member served in the military? That's when my application starts. And we work and we're responsible for that entire front end and everything that it does. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I have a mantra that I tell people that at every, at the end of all software is a human being. And sometimes when you're writing software, it's hard to imagine who that human is. It's cool that with what you do, you know who it is. It's that traffic coming onto the website, clicking the join button. And if you're interacting with those forms and screens, that's what you and your team do. Absolutely. And it's, it's really nice to kind of see that uh, it is very easy to use. And you can say, okay, how would a user use this? And so it makes, uh, makes it easier, makes your user experience great. No, that's, you know, that's awesome because, you know, oftentimes when I'm talking to people that aren't in tech and I talk about how it requires a lot of empathy and creativity and understanding your user and then crafting something enjoyable for them, they're, they're like, I never thought of it that way. I thought you just like put ones and zeros in order and you know, it was a very engineering role and I'm going, well, there's a lot of chemistry and cooking, but there's also a lot of creativity and you're at that place really where the user and the creativity and the engineering all meet. And, you know, React is, it's hot right now. That's a, it's a really hot framework uh, system for JavaScript and one that I like a lot personally, but it's cool that you're getting to work on that. So anything to say about not only being able to work for a page that's getting a lot of traffic, but working on some really cool technology too. Yeah, it, it's it's been great. I, I have to give my you know props to Coda. When I came to the program, um, we we learned JavaScript and React. Obviously, is a framework for JavaScript. So um, one of the things they they told us in Coda was we're not teaching you the direct or we're teaching you a language, but the bigger thing that we're teaching you is how to learn a language. So when USAA kind of hired me and I was going through the interview process, they told me straight up, "This is the whole front end is in React. We expect you to know React." Um, and so I was like, oh man, I've got about four weeks to learn it. And, you know, thanks to CodeUp, it was really not a problem. I learned, I learned my hooks and I did everything else. And, uh, it's really cool. Um, because it is something I do want to learn. And it's something I, I learned at CodeUp is that when I got this small nugget of information and how to learn and how to code, I wanted to keep going. And when applying for jobs out of CodeUp, I saw that React was on about 70% of, of job descriptions. So it's something I wanted to learn and I really wanted to get into it. And I'm really glad that I'm, I'm working with it every day now. That's awesome. You know, and it's fun, um, which is kind of hard to say about some of the older frameworks around JavaScript. If you did, you know, if you haven't written JavaScript the last few years, if you hear me describe something in JavaScript is fun and you're rolling your eyes, seriously, like React is fun. And, and even the whole kind of genre of reactive frameworks that have popped up since then that allow 
more of that real-time collaboration between the front end and the decisions that are happening on the back end. And it makes the web so so much less seamless and stateless. And, you know, it, it's really cool. So that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. Now, I'm interested, you know, for six months you've been doing this now. Before that, you came to Code Up. So if we went back, you know, five or 10 years into your life, and you're listening to this and you're hearing you talk about React and writing software for USAA and customer experiences, you know, how would that have resonated with a younger version of you, do you think? I honestly, I don't even know what to think. I don't know what I would think because it just seems crazy and it seems like, you know, kind of such a foreign topic, to be honest. You know, I went to college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of followed the job that I was working in college. I was leasing apartments and I kind of kept following that, kept getting kind of promoted. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I always kind of had a interest in, um, you know, programming and, and video games and, and game development and in all of it, all of the technology, you know, world, I always had an interest in, I just never pursued it. Um, and then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but we're here now. Um, and so it's just crazy to look back and think and, you know, in, in, like I said, I, I wouldn't know what to think <laughs> if I was hearing that now. No, and you know, it, it's cool because you speak a new language now. Absolutely. You, you, I mean, you're talking in all these terms <laughs> and jargon that, you know, that I'm guessing that the the, the average property manager probably doesn't have in their vocabulary, much no. like they probably have a lot of words I don't have in my vocabulary. Um, so you're going through college, you're managing properties up I'm assuming like apartment complexes or right. uh, okay and the, this concept of, of being a game designer working in tech one day sounds almost like a dream versus what you were pursuing so what was your what was your degree pursuit in so my my, my original degree was in uh, business I like I said I went, I started when or I got into college and just didn't know really know what to do Business was the 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 uh, the be all end all, and hey, everyone gets a business degree. Yeah. Um, I got to the math part of business and the accounting part of business, and I said, "This is not for me. I can't stand this. I want out." Um, so I kind of switched gears to criminal justice. Um, I always had a very huge interest in the why. Why do things work the way they do? But it was more the human side of why do criminals do what they do, or why do people do what they do? And I really thought I was going to do that for a very long time, you know, kind of through college. But, you know, like I said, I, I kept getting promoted in the, in the property management industry. And I never followed it. Um, in college, I did take a few courses on, you know, basic web development, but I just never pursued it. Um, and to be honest, it was the math that scared me because in college, they it's very, very math heavy because they want you all these prerequisites, but it actually has nothing to do with um, kind of the, the the web development. And so that's kind of where my interest kind of peaked. So I kind of just kind of ran after it, ran after that, you know, years later. <laughs> no, that's great. I want to unpack that a little bit because that's another common misconception. You know, your title is software developer and integrator and, you know, full stack react developer. These, these are titles that I think most people, if I went and surveyed people at the mall and asked them, does this person have to be really good at math? I would think that for non-technical people in non-technical roles, would probably score those as jobs where you have to be really great at math. You must have taken a bunch a bunch of math courses in college. You must be the Sudoku champion of your county. And I'm hearing from you that actually the math for a business degree was more than you were willing to bear. And yet here you are as a software developer. So to that person that's, that says, I can't go into software development because of a disdain for math or a lack of ability in math or, or whatever it is, you know, what would you say to them? I would just tell them to, 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 to try to, 
you got to try to see it. Um, it's just one of the things that I was kind of getting into code up. Some of the emission managers told me is so some of the coolest stuff is, is we're going to show you how to do the math or the computer's going to do the math for you. And I was just like, yeah, but you have to know all these concepts and you don't. Um, I, I just, it's kind of just the best way to put it. Um, after I kind of dove in, you know, in Coda, they showed us how to do, you know, you have to, you have your basics of algebra. Um, but I feel like, you know, that's kind of taught in high school is very high school level stuff. But once, you know, you have that, you're good to go. And Coda shows you how to, to have the computer do it all for you. And it's achievable. You just work really hard. You can, you can definitely do it. You can definitely do it. Love that. You, you know, it is computers are good at doing math and they're good at doing the same thing over and over again, up to millions of times a second with almost no error. Right. They're going to add two plus two billions, trillions of times perfectly. Humans are not good at doing high level math and we're not good at doing things repeatedly millions of times a second. And that's where the creativity and the problem solving and the ability to look at something and create a new or, or novel way of presenting a solution is something that computers are horrible at. They're, they're, they're awful at them. And humans are actually really good at it. So I love hearing that if math is the barrier to keep you out of this industry or, e or even exploring an opportunity here, you, you heard it from Carrington. You don't have to be a math wizard. And this is coming also from somebody. I, I have no college level math courses. I have never taken a college level math course and, you know, enjoyed 25 years or more writing software, uh, showing my age and, I think the hardest math problem I ever had to do was calculating distance for GPS and we had to add Earth's curvature or something. And we ended up just finding a math nerd to go show us how to do the algorithm. And it was great because they broke it down on a whiteboard. We converted it to software. It worked. It passed their test. Everybody high five and left. And I thought, that's the hardest math I'm ever going to do in my entire career in software. Now, if you're going to go do pacemakers or build Mars rovers, you probably need a PhD in computer science and mathematics and engineering, and you need this high-level stuff. But if you're working on the web, mobile, things like that, chances are you don't need it. So this is cool. So you're managing apartment complexes. You're getting a computer science, I mean, a, I'm sorry, a criminal justice degree, and you keep getting promoted. You're trying to figure out what you do. What made you decide to make that jump into tech? Definitely. So I've been I, at this point. I've been in, in the apartment industry for about ten years, um, making very very good money. But on, honestly, I, I was miserable. Um, it was not a good time. I, I would come home just unsatisfied and, and not fulfilled, and I just didn't really see an end in sight. Um, and I kind of you know got to the point where you know my my wife was like, "Something's got to change. This isn't working." I can tell you know after after all this time, you know what what, what are you going for? What do you want to do? And honestly, what it was was is that every day coming home from work, it was by the outlets in San Marcos. There's a code up billboard. Um, I forget which one it is, but it said, <laughs> learn to code, learn to code. And I drove by it every day coming home from work. And I was just like, what if I followed that? The, you know, what if I followed that from in college? I had done the Khan Academies. I had taken some basic courses. And I was just like, what, what if, what if, what if? And finally, one day after a really bad day. <laughs> Um, at work, my wife just said, you need to call them. What do we have to lose? Your job can't get worse because I, I live in New Braunfels. And so at the time they were doing um, code up was, was, was uh, all virtual. Um, so she was like, the commute will, you know, will, will be good for you or not, or not, it won't be bad. Um, and so I was like, I've got nothing to lose. Um, and so literally the next day I called up code up and spoke with Haley and, 
kind of ran with from ran with it from there. Um, assigned some pre work from Code Up just to make sure that you know this is kind of something you would be interested in. And in the first night, I was like, I've got to do this. This is the coolest thing I've ever oh, done. Wow. Um, so it was it was yeah. That's kind of where you know kind of how I wound up there. But yeah, definitely the uh, the billboards are, are are marketing money well spent. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, you know, I've definitely heard of people have heard of us from our billboard, but I think you're the first story I've heard of somebody saying that the billboard was, was helped what motivated you to make the jump into tech. And that warms my heart because it always feels good when marketing works from a business standpoint, but that I'm talking to you and you're genuinely smiling and you, you seem genuinely and sincerely happy. And, you know, one of my other things that people around me get tired of hearing about is I believe that you should be able to love your Mondays just as much as you love your Fridays, right? That, Friday is a great time. I get to go spend my weekend with my family. Friday afternoon's wonderful. I love it. But I love Monday morning. It's when I get to go hang out with my friends at work and do cool things and work on a mission that I enjoy and do work that I believe in. And what I'm extracting from what you're saying was I was doing well. I was making the money that I needed to make. I was promoting. I had 10 years in this industry and I was miserable. And Code up was one of those opportunities. You might live in a city where it's a different operator or something, but uh, you saw a career school, a technical school that offered to teach you the skills you needed in a short amount of time. You made that call. And then what you're saying is you got some pre-work and you did it was like, this is for me. And, you know, it's really interesting is most of schools like ours do that because that qualification matters. If you get that pre-work and you look at it and you think this is awful, I never want to do this. Well, then it probably wasn't a good fit. But your reaction was that night, uh, next day, not hours later, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. So you got the bug, you got the entrance, you decide, I want to be in technology. We at CodeUp, I don't know how other career schools are, but it's not easy to get in, right? We hover a bit between, uh, you know, below a 30% acceptance rate, sometimes below 20, depending on the cohort. And you made it in. It wasn't easy. So talk about making that transition from successful but miserable at my job to going into a full-time intensive coding bootcamp where you're in class nine to five, Monday through Friday. Definitely. So, I mean, the, the word that sticks out to me is, is bootcamp. And that's kind of the closest thing, you know, that I, I think you can go kind of related to. It is going to be intense. Um, Code is very upfront about that. Um, and I think the pre-work kind of gives you that, that taste of that, but it is designed in such a great way that it's baby steps. To me, I saw the pre-work as, you know, a thousand little baby steps until eventually I was able to run um, because naturally you start look, I, when I, oh, you open the pre-work, it's very, it's a lot. You, you, you see all these terms, you're like, what is this? And then you start seeing, you know, high level JavaScript um, and you're like arrays, objects, that, there, there's no way, there's no way, but you kind of work through it. You do what it says, you go down to the, the HTML, the CSS, and then you slowly start hitting the heavier JavaScript and it all makes sense. Um, and to me, that's how I knew programming was ultimately for me. It was about two weeks worth of work. I will say that. And in each, in each section, you know, you would get a little bit better, a little bit better, like I said, until you can run. And at the end of it, I, I looked at what I created and I looked at all the problems that I, I had, had solved and fixed and all these real world word problems kind of per se that I, I had solved. And I was like, this is insane. I did this in two weeks. I can't even imagine what I'm going to be able to do in six months. So that's when, like you said, I got the bug and I just kind of ran with it. And from that point on, I, I, I couldn't stop. Um, and I just kind of kept going. And, and I did all the pre-work and then kept pushing until, you know, code up started. That's awesome. Golly, I got this huge smile on my face. I love hearing, you know, people really life-changing 
by changing careers, changing part of their lives. And, you know, one of the things that I like to talk about is when I was a kid and even as an adult, watching these like superhero movies feels good. I love it. There's always this idea that, you know, there's going to be some disaster that some dude could run super fast or could fly or, you know, some lady can bounce, you know, bullets off of her or her whatever. And, you know, it's such a, a distant imagination and fantasy world from reality. But when I think about what web development allows somebody to do, it almost is like giving those kind of superpowers or inheriting those kind of superpowers when it comes to an online world. You know, the other thing that you don't think about in learning to code that most people probably don't realize is you look at the internet in a completely different way. Everything on there now that you understand how it works, it becomes a place where you have more superpowers compared to the average person, even just in the way that you can publish a blog or a web page or personal stuff that could potentially reach millions or billions of human beings at almost no cost. I'm interested as somebody who's new to this, who has only been in the industry for six months and already is, you know, talking the way that you do and has the, the knowledge that you have. How has that part of your life changed? Not just the professional world, but how having these superpowers now guide you on the internet differently. Definitely. So, I mean, I see it's kind of, uh, I see two sides of it. I see a really cool website that can do some really cool things. And I'm like, who built this? This is, this is awesome. I want to, you know, get on this level one day. And I, I think even something like the easy one is, is like our Facebook, for example, we know those are some of the best engineers in the world, but still you see that and you're like, wow, the, you're getting all these pop-ups and notifications and then the page didn't refresh. And I have someone, you know, messaging me, but the page didn't refresh. Um, and it, it's very impressive. On the other side, I, I see websites that don't work like they should. And I'm like, come on, like this is, this website isn't, you know, too crazy. You know, something's got to be improved here. Um, but it's definitely really cool to see all the things that can kind of come to life. And like you said, superpowers is, you know, kind of the best way to put it is making the computer work for you. And it's really cool to see, you know, as, as developers, what we can do and what we're capable of. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, you know, I always joke that unfortunately a major corporation updated their website in the last couple of years. But for a long time, one of the, the this place, they run these big theme parks. I won't name them, but they have these really large theme parks. And they had a bug where you could bypass the reservation dates for popular restaurants in their theme parks. And they usually wouldn't let you reserve more than 180 days out. And I had discovered a, a loophole that allowed you to, to book as far out as you wanted to. And it was great because for many years, I had all the best tables at all the best restaurants uh, at, at this particular theme park. And well, somebody discovered that you shouldn't use client-side date validation. That that's what servers are for. And it doesn't work anymore. But, you know, thankfully, you know, we also teach, I think, uh, an, an idea of being helpful and not being nefarious. And while that one's probably in the gray area. Maybe I shouldn't have told it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it does make the Internet a fun place. Speaking of fun places, I hear nothing but great things about the culture and environment and growth opportunities at USAA. Everybody I know that works there talks about how phenomenal of an organization it is, how much they live their values, and really how much you can grow inside that organization. So with that really being your first company to go work for in our tech industry, they are somewhat representative of that, you know, um, I know you're always hiring. Uh, how, what would you say to those folks that might be interested in someday joining a team at USAA? Yeah, USAA has been absolutely phenomenal. 
everything you could ask for for a company, they, they definitely have um, from the work-life balance to the camaraderie and the teamwork. Um, if I ever get stuck on anything, because I, I still so much, so much stuff to learn. Um, people are more than willing to help me. I'm very patient. Ultimately, just we, we come together. Um, everyone works really hard and does well. I think I think I would say those values to anyone who is looking to get hired at USAA. Um, you work really hard. You're willing to work on a team, and I think that's one of the biggest things that that I've seen. One of the biggest factors that is, is going to help anybody is communication. We our Slack channels are constantly moving, constantly, 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 um, and it's just communication. You know, borderline <laughs> over communication, but it gets the job done. We push a lot of code out in production. Um, but as long as you work really hard, um, kind of know your react, because yeah, from what I've seen, they, they typically kind of start uh, people on the front end of, uh, first. Um, but if you just work really hard, you, you'll get it. Oh, that's great. Coming into this industry is is daunting, right? It's, you know, one of the things that, you t- that you've touched on is you're never going to stop learning. There's always going to be something new. There's always somebody that knows more than you and somebody that knows less than you is the other side of that. But when you're coming into that first role, there has to be, you know, the nerves that go along with that and the, the, you know, the doubt and the worries. And you've not only overcome that by coming through a boot camp to, to learn those things, but now you're out there in practice. You know, what have you learned along the way when it comes to the, those areas of doing something new and getting into a technology field that, that does look kind of scary from the outside? Absolutely. I, I think that the quickest thing to say that would be imposter syndrome. Um, you give a you give a great speech on imposter syndrome. I heard it at, at Code Up, um, and it resonated really well with me. Um, to be honest, I've noticed even after being in this role for almost six months now, I still get it to this day. Um, I'm still questioning, like, wow, I, I don't know this, but I kind of do know that. You have to take it piece by piece, um, and it can be very daunting. But to me, what works for me, I think what works for a lot of people is like you. We talked about earlier in the podcast is we're learning a new language. So you have to constantly practice, constantly practice. So one of the things that Coda preached quite often was push to get up every single day. And I think there, there was, there's a, a component to that for employers, but I think the bigger thing you know, that I saw out of it was practice. If you code every day, it's going to help and you're going to retain it. Um, and so I made it a point, I push code as much as I possibly can and just kind of baby steps, you know, one day at a time, start with a tutorial, try to recreate it without the tutorial, kind of keep going um, and just, Keep at it. It's going to get better. Uh, the fact that, you know, barely over one year ago, I was writing Hello World on an HTML website to now designing custom hooks in React is just crazy. So as long as you kind of just keep at it and practice, practice makes perfect, you'll be right. Oh, that's, you know, and that's it. Um, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Before I got into tech, and I always thought that the people that built software were kind of like magicians. You know, that if you went up and asked them how they did that thing, they would be like, I'm not telling you that's a secret. Right. And what surprised me so much was I could be at a meetup or anywhere and meet another developer and, you know, see something they had done and ask them, how did you do that? And no matter how introverted they were, no matter how shy they were, they wanted to sit me down and spend two hours going through the code, showing me exactly how they did it. And to this day, I have never met a developer that was like, I don't want to show you that. Now, I'm sure that there's people working on secret projects out there that would have to tell me I'm not allowed to show you that. That's a different answer. But I've never had somebody willfully not show me the code they're working on, or at least try to explain to me how they did their thing. I find it to be the most helpful group of human beings I have ever met. Uh, How's your experience as somebody new in the industry been around that? 
I would say as someone new to the industry, I have to completely agree with you 100%. I, I don't know if I can really change a word you said. It, it really is true. Um, people are so helpful. Um, I, I saw that in Coda from the instructors down to you know my classmates. I see that at USAA. Everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to, you know, if there's a problem or something that you are trying to code, everyone wants to solve it. And I think that's just the, the programmer developer in us is that we're like, all right, we got to solve this. How do we do this? I even have that now as I've had some other um, cohorts come up to, or, you know, ask me questions and stuff like that via, you know, cut up Slack and stuff like that. And I, I'm like, my eyes light up. I'm like, I would m- love to help you. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, we just, we want to share our knowledge, but honestly, it's a really cool feeling. Um, and so kind of anyone who is kind of looking into coming into code up or anything like that, you're going to have all your classmates are going to willing to help you and you're all going to tackle a project alone. And then when you get into the real world and then, you know, a real coding job, it's going to be the same thing. Everybody's willing to help. You know, I love that. And there's a seat for you here. There's a seat in our industry. You know, you're, we're talking to Carrington here who started off telling us, you know, he spent his, his career as a property manager, a, 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 a good career. You can make good money. It's a, it's a you know, valuable part of our of our society and community but you were unhappy and made the change here and i hear people all the time tell me well i'm just a barista or i'm just a a, a bartender or i'm just a whatever i'm you know just a property manager and i always try to tell them and this is kind of a theme that we talk about a lot on this podcast you're not just anything you're what you were and you are and you are all of the other things that you've done and experienced and in your case, you weren't just a property manager. You're a property manager that's become, you know, a manager in that industry, and you're a software developer. I would suspect that there are skills, that there are traits, that there are aspects of the job that you held before coming into tech that help you be a better software developer, that help you work better on teams, that help you be a better professional. What would you say around that? The, the, the bringing your skills from a non-technical background to bear in a technical role. Definitely. Uh, in, in my my past career, definitely did uh, help me. Um, like you said, working on a team, I think that was the biggest thing. I was um, leading a team of, of over 20, and that really helped me how to work with people, how to ask questions correctly. Because when you're learning software, you're going to ask so many questions, and, and you, you learn to ask those questions. In property management, I learned a ton about money. I know asset management very well. With USAA, I kind of work with Join USAA, but I do understand the business overall. I understand the insurance. I understand the banking. Um, and, and it just helps because when you're navigating some of the flows on the website, you kind of know what's to be expected or what looks you know kind of wonky or doesn't. Um, and, and any kind of skills can be put forth into software development. Um, as long as you kind of utilize those, you can definitely you know use them. And we need them. We need you here. We don't just need to know how to write a a, a for loop. We also need people that have experience in customer service, people with experience in finance, people with experience in blank. I don't know if there's an industry out there we don't need helper experience and maybe legal. I think there's lots of lawyers, but but if you're a lawyer and you want to become a software developer, we'd love to talk to you. Um, (laughs) uh, So the future, you know, when we talk about coming into the future, a lot of uh, another question I get a lot is, do you think that there's going to be a lot of need for these tech roles over the next 10 years? And my answer is always yes. And I usually do things by quoting like the Department of Labor who predicts that it'll be a, you know, they'll outpace all other industries by five times roles in tech. And usually they look at me and go, well, of course, that's what you're supposed to say. You're the CEO of a, 
a career school that teaches software development, but you're brand new into this industry. You just made the switch. You're on the front line in a big company doing cool things. From where you sit, do you think that there's going to be a greater need for software developers and all the other tech roles in the coming 10 years? Absolutely. I don't think there's any any question about it. I think that every every company has an app, I feel like. Every company definitely has a website. Um, so that all needs to be built. I mean, you look at you know some of the most successful companies that are out there now, they're almost all tech-based. Um, you look at, you know, obviously your easy ones are Apple and Google and Netflix. Those are all Netflix. Those are all, you know, tech-based. They build apps, they build websites, you know, and ones that can do quite a bit. I mean, in every company has got a tech side. Um, there's, you know, a certain theme park out there that has a very big tech side that is a leader in technology. Absolutely. Amazon is another one who they do quick shipping, but they also, they, they run AWS and they have a lot of technology. So I just think the industry as a, as in the tech industry as a whole is going to stay growing. Um, it is not going anywhere. And it's kind of the only thing that we know or we don't know what the future holds. And what I mean that is, is how it's going to grow. You know, fashion stays the same. Cars are, you know, evolving, but there's tech in those cars. Um, and so tech is going to keep growing. There's really no question about it. And, you know, the fact that we, normal, everyday human beings, get to have a hand in that future is what makes it both unpredictable and beautiful because the people that create technology are going to have um, an overarching voice in what that future looks like. You know, one of the things I talk about when I talk about, say, like web uh, accessibility, I usually tell new developers, the chances are, unless you work at a huge company like USAA, the chances are nobody at a startup is going to come to you and tell you, by the way, make sure all the code and, and pages you write are compliant with accessibility standards so that, you know, folks that rely on accessibility standards can, can use our product, but you as the developer on the front line, you get to enact those, you get to take the extra step and write the extra line of code that's needed or whatever, to stay compliant, to make sure that the largest number of users possible can interact with the content that you create. And I say that because having folks like you, People that were property managers that are now software developers that didn't go to Stanford and get the, you know, master's of computer science from MIT or whatever. We need you and me and people that might be listening that think I might want to roll in tech. We need your voice here, too, because the people that write the code at the end of the day are the front line that creates the technology that people interact with. Uh, so you're at a company that, that thankfully takes those things very seriously and has the resources to take those seriously. But, you know, a lot of folks at smaller shops, it's us, the developer that has to make those, those decisions. And we have to, to wield these powers that we have, I think, uh, with responsibility. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad to have you here and I, and I really like everything that we've talked about. Some of the things that I've heard from you, are and correct me if you think that I'm mischaracterizing any of these, but I've heard that you know first you have to have a desire to change careers to make it here. You have to have a want to be here. I tell people that it's it, yeah, it's a career that pays well. You can make a lot of money, but that's a horrible reason to come here. You should really come here because you want to be at a place where you're happy. The the other things that I've heard from you is it takes some resiliency. It takes trying. It takes sitting down and writing code. That's the only way you're going to become a developer. Uh, having a guide, 
makes it easier. You've talked about code up a few times in that. And, you know, whether it's code up or, or a different organization, being able to have that guide, of course, I'm partial to code up and it sounds like you are too, but certainly we're not the only place in the world that provides these kinds of opportunities. And then I also heard some curiosity and a desire to just learn more that even after you graduated, it was like, now I'm going to learn React. And then after learning that, it's like, oh, I see something cool and I want to learn that too. Do you think that that's a fair categorization of some traits that uh, somebody needs to be successful in this industry? Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely think so. Like, like we talked about you know, earlier, that if, if I'm a property manager and, and can do it, I think anybody can do it. You know, I, I came from a very niche background of property management. Not very many people do that. Um, and I was able to you know, jump into the tech world. And like we also talked about, there's room for everybody. The industry as a whole needs to grow and there, there, there's a seat for everybody at this table. Um, and so you just have to learn it. Um, and in similar to what we talked about earlier in the podcast, too, it is learning a new language. Um, yeah. And so you, you're not just going to be able to watch a YouTube video or kind of slack off on a, you know, on a, on a tutorial and think that you're going to learn a language. Um, and so Coda teaches you multiple languages. So if you work, you know, work hard and do the work that is assigned and do what the, you know, the instructors tell you to do. You're going to get it. It's going to click. It's going to be great. And you are going to see that you are going to want to learn more. Um, and you're constantly learning. You're constantly wanting to say, okay, what can I build next? I built this small thing. How do I get to a medium? I, I built medium. How do I get large? And you want to keep going and keep building. And I think everyone kind of discovers that in, in, in their programming development career. That's great. So if I asked your wife two years ago, if I, if I, if I got to interview Mrs. Jones and I said, is Carrington happy? She's going to be like, no, he comes home every day, miserable and talks about some billboard that he looks at. If I got to ask you and your family today, are, are you happy? Are you having fun? What would you say? I, I think the answer would, would be absolutely uh, kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Everything we've kind of covered, it, it, it's just changed my life and code up hundred percent changed my life. I never thought that this would be possible. I thought, you know, maybe when I first started this before I, you know, did the code of pre-work, I thought, ah, maybe a hobby. Maybe I learned some stuff on YouTube, but to, to actually do this in a career is just crazy in a, in a good way. I just never, ever kind of pictured that. And, and I get to work at a great company, pays well, great work-life balance. You know, I'm not, you know, working 80 hours a week anymore. Um, it's just phenomenal. And, and like I said, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's awesome. All <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate it, Carrington. This has been a ton of fun. Absolutely. I'm, I, like I said, you can't see it through a microphone, but I'm just <laughs> grinning ear to ear. I love hearing about people coming into our industry, having fun, making an impact and enjoying uh, the, the fruits of our industry. And I've watched it happen hundreds of times and, and of course, experienced it myself. And uh, I really appreciate it. So if you want to join a great team like the one Carrington's talked about, go check out USAA. It's simple. It's USAA.com. There's career sections. It's a great place to work. If you're interested in coming to a, to a place like CodeUp, specifically CodeUp, uh, check us out. It's CodeUp, C-O-D-E-U-P.com. Thanks again, Carrington, for being here and look forward to, to seeing you soon. And if you're listening to this and want to subscribe, check out Higher Tech. H-I-R-E-T-E-C-H on whatever platform you subscribe for your podcast. Thanks, everybody.